This is the Tuesday Memo Podcast. I'm Eric Fruits. I'm a Portland area economist, business owner, and I also blog over at econminute.com. And I'm also here with Ann Sanderson. And I'm Ann Sanderson. And I wear many hats, and today it is as a podcaster. A podcast hat. <laughs> Do they have special hats for that? We'll get one. Okay. It might look like a jester hat, though. I was just thinking okay. that, too. <laughs> That'd be all right. It'd be kind of cute. All right. Well, we'll have special hats, and they'll they'll say Tuesday Memo, because this is the Tuesday Memo Ooh, podcast. We should have a Tuesday Memo hat. <laughs> I think we could get a baseball hat. Baseball hat. Make Tuesday Memo great again. <laughs> For those of you, you have to listen every week to get the jokes that we have on here. I guess so, yes. Well, <laughs> well what are we going to talk well, about? Well, now they have to listen. Yeah. Okay. But what are we talking about today? I got gas. You got gas, gas tax. No. Got a gas tax. Well, actually, I don't have a gas tax. Steve Novick has. Steve Novick has a gas tax. This week, Steve Novick announced that in lieu of the street fee, which um, he tried to bring forward last year, he is instead going to go with a 10 cent gas tax, 10 cents a gallon, gas 10 cents tax a gallon in the city of Portland. Um, this tax would only be on regular gas and not diesel. And it would be only in the city of Portland. And it does have what he's proposing does have some of the elements that we were asking for last year. It is going to go on the ballot because it has to. It will have a sunset clause of four after four years. I did not know that. Yes, it is. He says that it will be revoted on by the people. Wow. Now, I haven't seen it written yet, so this is all just what he's saying, but that was one of the things that we had asked for last year. That was year. a pinky promise. Yes. Um, some of the things that it doesn't include is it doesn't, it doesn't affect everyone who uses the roads equally because... His argument when he proposed the transportation user fee last year, or a year and a half ago now, isn't it, that when he did that first one, it was that everyone who lives in the city uses the roads in some manner, whether you're using public transportation or riding a bike or walking or driving. And the gas tax is a only for people who have cars that are driving cars, and it will hit everyone unequally because... Those people who have higher efficient cars or drive less will be paying less. And uh, so I don't know. What do you think, Eric? Well, there's a bunch of things. One is I don't like any new tax, period, but that's just because of who I am. But if you take that away, what he has here, um, a gas tax, is probably the best of the bunch in terms of is it technologically feasible um, is it politically feasible? It, I think it is politically feasible because you put it to a vote, and if voters vote for it, then they're going to go for it. Uh, it's technologically. Well, that's not actually true, aka the art tax. Well, the arts tax. Well, that's because unfortunately people didn't know what they were voting for. Uh, it has become clearer and clearer. Uh, or they did know what they were voting for, and they knew that it would be easy to dodge, and so it didn't matter what they voted for. I'm going to say it was the first. I think people thought arts, and it, and I said that with quotes, air quotes, but um, that they thought that it was for the arts and didn't really understand. Some people thought it was a one-time tax. Yeah, well, keep dreaming. Yeah. So the other thing, too, about the gas taxes, it's... Um, it is tied loosely, loosely tied to uh, usage. driving, to usage, and the money is supposed to be earmarked for roads, although some states have had a history of finding creative ways of calling things road improvements that may not necessarily be road improvements. Well, 
When um, Steve Novick was speaking to Southeast Uplift this week, earlier this week, he had a project list that he brought, and it wasn't, he said, written in stone or written in asphalt, I guess, but it was um, projected things that they would do with this money, which, by the way, is around $53 million over the course of four years, which is not very much per year and not a very big dent in the backlog of uh, paving needs for our city. But this uh, this project list that he brought was about $32 million of that total for actual paving, and the rest were for sidewalks and, and and crosswalks and things like that. Well, that's it's a, a good start, project. but it should be more. Remember how we got here in the first place. It was about a road paving backlog. That When Charlie Hales ran for office as mayor, he promised that he was going to pave our roads that have been falling farther and further behind. And uh, for those of you who have been around long enough have heard uh, Novik talk about the roads are like teeth and, you know, you, you, you're chuckling. But, you know, and that if you don't get to them now and fix them, then it's going to be more and more expensive to fix them. So it's always funny to me when he, on the one hand, says how important it is to fix the roads, and then they say, oh, gee, we don't have enough money to fix roads. The other thing, too, that that kind of strikes me about this is the 10 cents. 10 cents is pretty steep. Um, Right now, it may not seem so steep because gas prices are coming down, but who knows what will happen in two years when they come back up. Who knows what will happen when Oregon's low-carbon fuel standard comes in and adds on at least another $0.20 cents a gallon. So within the next two years, we're looking at about a $0.30 cent per gallon increase in the price of fuel. That's a pretty steep increase. I, Novik should have done something lower and then done projects that he could prove came in on time under budget. And he could say, look what I've done with this money. Now you can trust me. Give me more. Well, I think that in the course of four years, if the backlog does get worse and worse incrementally over time, I think he needs to make a bigger stab at it. I would have liked to have seen more um, earmarking from current budgets. You know, they're spending money here and there on everything else. We talk about that every single week. Um, but if you were saying, I'm, I'm going to ask for this gas tax plus... I'm earmarking this much and taking it out of streetcars. <laughs> I think we should make a goal of at least one episode of this podcast not saying the word streetcar. I haven't said it yet. In the future. Well, I just said it. I'm just I saying know. You, took, you did my job. A little bell. So I'm going to blindside you here because we didn't talk about this beforehand. One of the things that's really interesting about this gas tax proposal is it's going on the May ballot, which is also when... Novick and Hales and Fritz are running for re-election. Yes. And so the question is, is that, do you think this is, there's some politics in here that does he think that this is a move that will get more people voting for him? Because one of his big complaints all along, and Charlie Hales has said the same thing all along, is that people hate the gas tax. If you look at polling, poll after poll, gas taxes seem to be very unpopular. So why would... Steve Novick simultaneously run for re-election while he will have to be campaigning for this gas tax. Well, it's two birds with one stone. I mean, as he's campaigning, he can say, and I am fighting for more money for roads because he failed so miserably in his first uh, couple years of his term. But... Also, I think maybe it has to do with the fact that he has nothing to run on if he doesn't do this. And I said this a long time ago, and I probably said it when we first started our podcasting, that he has nothing to show for his first few years. And if he doesn't even write a ballot measure, then what is he going to say? What did he do? $5 light bulbs. 
Okay, $5 light bulbs, great. But that is not something to run on. Yeah, three so, years and all we, all we can right. do is $3, so he, $5 so light is, bulbs. This is the only way he can justify and show some political, you know, courage. Oomph. <laughs> okay, oomph is better than courage, I think, in this in this case, because it's not very courageous. He himself admits that anything over $0.07 cents a gallon causes some leakage out of the district, so the people who are driving in from Vancouver will fill up their tanks in Vancouver deliberately to avoid the extra tax here. Um, but they've already, their projections on the, the $53 million collected over the course of four years already includes that. Um Hopefully that's right. I mean, they thought they'd make more money from the arts tax, and that didn't happen, so we'll have to see. Um, You know, I am not anti-tax like you are. I believe in taxes. I believe in paying taxes. But I also believe in electing good stewards of our money. And before we are willing to hand over extra, I think that they should do a better job justifying what they've done with the money that we've given them already. I'm not completely anti-tax. I just think that you should be able to get what you paid for. And we paid for this. We already paid these taxes. What happened, though, is in the past city council said, we're going to do, we're going to fix roads with this money. And then when the money came in, they said, guess what? We lied to you. We're not going to use that money to fix roads. We're going to use that money to do something else. So there's this fundamental issue of trust between our politicians and the city and the people who live in it, because over and over again, they say they will do one thing with the money. And then as soon as they get it, there's some, it's the edifice complex. They have to build (laughs) something big and shiny so they can point to it and say, look what I did. And then that's how you get the Vera cat statue on the East bank Esplanade. (laughs) It's kind of a cute statue. People like to have their picture taken with it. Have you noticed the nose? No. It's very shiny. The rest of the the rest of the statue is all kind of getting gungy, but everyone likes to rub her nose. <laughs> they also like to put little red noses on it, and there's been a lot of um, they've spent quite a bit of money pulling red noses off of that statue. <laughs> Eric, you know weird stuff. There's there's also a story that the reason why they put the Vera Katz statue on the East Bank Esplanade was it was the only way that they could get Vera Katz to visit the East Side. You know, that's the story of almost every mayor, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So when you were talking about um, taxes and paying taxes and, and where those taxes go, and you and I have talked about this before, but maybe this is a good time to talk about an alternative to some of these piecemeal, a little bit from this and a little bit from that taxes. And you and I have talked about having, instead of a, a gas tax and instead of a an arts tax, that we would have a choice tax. A choice? A choice. What if, what if we just agreed to a tax, but when we paid that tax, we were able to check box where we wanted that money to go. And if this year I wanted to pay my tax for the arts and for roads and for homelessness, you know, to, to create affordable housing, then I could check those boxes. And if later I felt like the arts were going pretty well and we were getting some funding for it, that I would check the other two boxes and put a greater majority of that tax that I paid yearly to that. What would happen though, if everyone said police and fire? And zero for everything else. Then they would be really well funded. And everything else would dry up? 
And everything, no, you'd have, of course, have base. You'd have to have a base, base because you're not going to stop paving streets. But this extra money that they want, if they are convinced that we are behind this, then why don't they make that argument? And maybe sometimes we say, no, you've got enough money. You know, if you're buying post offices in downtown Portland for $108 million, then maybe you don't need my fill-in-the-blank tax. And I'm going to put it towards some services that I truly believe in. Wow. What do you think? I don't know. There's a lot of wrinkles, right? Well, so how, who, who pays the tax? Well, we'd all pay. The, anyone who's paying the arts tax would have to pay it. But is it flat? No. Well, that would be a good is question. Is it income-based? Ooh, we don't want to get into that messy income tax. But although in the city we have a lot of people who are wealthy who have moved here, so there would be more money that way. What do you think? Well, then, so let's say you got little old Eric who mm-hmm. might only pay $500 in taxes. Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, Daddy Warbucks who might pay $100,000 in taxes. So I get to say, okay, I want to spend all this money on um, on the the, uh, the the police horses. And go, okay, great. But what about Daddy Warbucks? And he says, I want all my money to go to the Portland Development Commission because I know all that money is going to come back to me. You see what I'm saying? Mm. See, it's something that sounds progressive. Right. But those the, the real progressives out there are going to say, no, it's just a way of, of giving the rich people a greater say. Okay, and- so what if it's a flat tax? It's no more than $50. You have, um, you have an income threshold, which is higher than the $1,000 on the arts tax because that's a horrendous amount of money for people who have low incomes. And teenage kids who are 18 years old but don't have jobs and are in college, you know the art tax. So you have you you structure it like the art tax, but with better um, cushions for people. But it is it is enough to earmark towards things to to feel some control over it, to feel like you're really making a difference with your tax. Could you make a difference? That's the question. You make a difference with arts now. I mean, it well, is. how much would we need to raise? I don't know. There's a lot of there's a big project <coughs> list. I mean, if you're going to include the roads in it, I suppose it's it's the extras. It's not the basics. It's the extras. So with the arts tax, we had thirty five bucks per person for every person in the city of Portland, and that was supposed to raise twelve million a year. Twelve million a year, right? And the and Which doesn't the, sound like much. But the gas tax is only going to raise fourteen million a year. <sighs> This is something to think about. We should probably explore this. Would love it if you wanted to write in to us. Oh, write in? Do we take letters? <laughs> no, take emails. Letters. <laughs> well, there you Tuesday memo has an email address, yes, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does. Is. It's desk at tuesdaymemo.com. D-E-S-K. D-E-S-K. At Tuesday Memo. No dashes, no hyphens. No dashes, no hyphens, all one word. Tuesdaymemo.com. Yeah. Tell well, us tell us what you think. That way we won't know if anyone's listening. Yeah, I know your mom's listening. My mom's listening. <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> yeah, hi, mom. There we go. While we're on taxes, you know, believe it or not, there is one thing in Oregon that right now is not taxed. What's that? Any guesses? <laughs> it was a big week in Oregon. <laughs> it was a big week in Oregon. In Oregon, right now, until January 1st, marijuana sales, recreational marijuana sales, are not subject to any tax whatsoever. But they're being sold. 
They're being sold. I just saw $11 million in sales in the first week. In the first week? In the first week. I think that's probably underreported. Those places were doing gangbusters. And that also, might be bigger than Hotel Transylvania. And <laughs> it was kind of like a movie opening, though, and there were long lines. Some of the places, despite the uh, admonitions against it by city council, did open at midnight. Oh, they did. I didn't yes, see that. there okay. were several that, that did. And uh, there were also a lot of parties. I was down in the Central East Side a couple of days after opening and there was a big um, some kind of event and there was a line around the block and the smell of smoke in the air and uh, car car trip games became things like how many words for marijuana can you think of? Oh my gosh. (laughs) But it was like that. One of the questions I've been thinking about this week is who's going to admit to smoking it now? I mean lots of people smoked it before and didn't say and Paula Politicians have been known to get caught, but do you think anyone on city council will actually admit to purchase and and um, those and smoking in some form, taking in in some form marijuana? Well, there's at least one city commissioner who looks like he's high most of the time, and I won't say who that is. Don't go there, but it is a question that now that it is legal, will it become acceptable, or will there still be this double standard? I mean, well, that's a really good question because if you think of you know, go back. Was it now a year ago? The the county chair, the, not the city, not the city. The county chair had to quit. Well, he quit because he had an affair. But part of what came out of that affair was that the dude seemed to really like smoking weed, and he seemed to like smoking weed whether he was on the clock or off the clock. Well, and and he's been tw- and he was on Twitter and on Facebook saying, "Isn't it about time that we now have reasonable marijuana laws?" Which we got. But Which will it be? Ex- and I don't think that he um, was ousted because of that. I think it had to do with the affair. The hanky panky, right? Because it was also connected, a subordinate, yes. and yes, the, mm-hmm. it was sorted. Right, it was sorted. But the the point that I was making, if we can get back on track, which is very difficult nowadays. You know, I was in a a store buying something behind someone who was told how much it was going to cost. And the guy goes, dude, 21 bucks. And it's like everyone's stoned right now. Well, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. Well, and there there has actually also been a bit of a tragedy, too, because less than a week after recreational marijuana goes on sale, what happens? A dude lights up his joint takes a drag, and then creams a woman and sends her 35 feet into the intersection and kills her dead. That's horrible. It is horrible. And there's there's going to be a lot of downplaying about this, I'm sure, but I bet you this will not be the first marijuana-related fatality. And it's not the, you know, the only being under the influence. I mean, people have been driving and drinking for many years. It's always going to be a problem. I don't know that it's going to be any more of a problem. And and it will probably settle down as well when people become more used to it. That wasn't my point still, Eric. My well, which, which is, well, that thing on the fatality stuff, what really struck me as strange is I went to a conference. I It was a real estate conference of all things, talking about the real estate aspects of the marijuana industry, and they had someone talking about the, the safety part of it and the driving, and they said that if you're drunk and and high, it's the same level in, of impairment, but the difference between someone who's drunk and someone who's high is that drunk drivers are more prone to take risks, and high drivers are more prone to be overly cautious, which I thought was kind of interesting. I don't know if it's true. And it didn't make a difference in the case of the woman who was killed. It didn't make a difference. No, no, no. And so I think there needs to be some caution on that. And the big problem you have, too, with marijuana is there's no real way of testing. 
how much is in someone's system without actually drawing blood. And a lot of the um, employers are saying that they would still um, do drug testing. And and then that means that people will be, you know, possibly fired for doing recreational marijuana on their own time. And there are work. some that have to fire their employees right. for doing it. For example, anyone who has uh, who, who does trucking across state lines right. uh, has to pretty much randomly drug test. I teach at Portland State University. I got a, 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 a email. Everyone at the university got an email from the president saying, you know, you cannot engage in this activity while on campus because... While it, on campus, but that's a different story. So it'll but be... But campus is big. Right. But the, the point is, is that if you're drinking, you can test at the moment. Are you now drunk legally or not. But with marijuana, it only picks up whether you've done it within a period of time, which means you can be completely um, sober, completely straight, not, you know, so... Well, make sure you have a jug of pee in your fridge. <laughs> no, that is... Terrible. No, that's not what we do? No, that is not that not what we do, but it does bring up the question of whether it will become acceptable. I mean, we haven't seen the end of a prohibition for a while, and I find it a fascinating idea if it will be acceptable for politicians, for CEOs, for people who cannot be fired from their jobs for doing it, whether they will be admitting it freely after a period of time or even today. And if they don't, are they still doing it? And is it the lie that will catch them later? I don't know. It's an idea. Wow. So we'll leave this with a question. It's always a question. It's always a question. It will. And it's a big question. And on that note, you're listening to the Tuesday Memo Podcast. This is the No School Friday version <laughs> because you can hear my five-year-old son in the background. This is a family-approved program. Family-approved. No no dirty words. No, we'd have to tell iTunes about that anyway. Oh, so yeah, no dirty words and kid-approved. Uh, come back next week to Tuesday Memo. Visit TuesdayMemo.com. And leave us your comments to tell us what you think about it. Yeah. Desk, Desk. at TuesdayMemo.com. And don't forget, I blog at EconMinute.com. And so with that, we'll see you next week, sometime, maybe, we hope. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.